Hi, you guys. Welcome to my podcast, Be True to You, Recovering and Rediscovering Myself Again. Oh my goodness, this is episode five, part two. I felt like in the last episode, basically part one, it was so much information I shared, but there was more to share. But in this part two, I just want to give a little bit more information for you guys. So let's get to it. You might be wondering, well, what is autism? And I'm going to tell you the truth. When I babysat, when I nannied, when I worked in daycare, childcare, I never heard of the word autism. And I never worked with anyone with a disability or a special need that I can recall. And so autism spectrum disorder, ASD, is sometimes, you know, the little abbreviation of what you might see. It's a developmental disorder that affects communication and behavior. Although autism can be diagnosed at any age, it is said to be a developmental disorder because symptoms generally appear in the first two years of life. So when you go back and think about it affects the communication and behavior, that is a big thing, you guys, like seriously. And I try every day to put myself in my kids' shoes and figure out, you know, how they're dealing with this and how they're processing that and I know that it's it's a struggle, it's a battle, and it's very, very hard. And so in here, most times we're signing, most times I'm having to give visual cues using visual flashcards. There are times that I have to use gestural cues and, and things like that. And sometimes it can be really hard because you have the screaming, you have the meltdowns, you have you know, the anxiety and just being frustrated. I can see it in their eyes. Sometimes they cry because they're just going through something that I might not know of or I might not be able to help them with and we're just all kind of frustrated. And it's it's very, very hard. And so I know in the last episode, I mentioned with Cameron, when he was born, I had a great pregnancy. All of my pregnancies were amazing. I didn't have any issues, but around 10 months, I noticed Cameron wasn't playing with toys. He wasn't interacting with us. He was doing a lot of screaming. He was doing some repetitive behaviors. And for a long time, I was in denial about it. It was just like one of those things where like, you know, this can't be. What is autism? Cameron, there's nothing wrong with Cameron. Like, this can't be. This is this is crazy. And so, like I mentioned in the last episode, I reached out to the doctor and we were on Medicaid at the time. And, you know, you're calling to see, like, what do I need to do? And I know there was something called ECI, Early Childhood Intervention, where they came in and, you know, they evaluated, they assessed, and they were like, okay, this is these are the goals that we need to work on. And I was telling them what I was experiencing at home. And so during that time, it was a parent-child type of therapy where I was learning how my child was processing and how I needed to communicate with him. And then my child was trying to learn what they needed to learn. And you basically had the therapist was basically like a moderator in a way where they would show me this and they would show my child that and we kind of worked in unison together. And it was it was a growth period. And there were times where I was just like, oh, my goodness, like, you know, because they were coming in the home once a week 
And then Cameron had in-home, let's see, Cameron Brooklyn and Caden had in-home speech and occupational therapy. Sometimes that was twice a week. And then they had ABA for a little bit of time. And then they had out of the home speech and occupational therapy. And you guys, this this was a learning time for me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Like I learned so much and you grow when you learn and when you're able to process so much information. But they taught me that eye contact is very, very important when it comes to teaching your child how to communicate and help them communicate and help them with their behavior. You have to make sure that you get that eye contact so you can be able to basically, you guys can understand each other and be able to work together and work, and you're both on the same page, if you will. So Cameron had all of those behaviors that he did and they were trying to work with him on that. Looks like there's thunder outside my home. So that's probably what you hear in the background. It's a little bit cloudy and rainy today. So anyway, with Brooklyn, when Brooklyn was born, she did a lot of staring, I noticed, and she was kind of quiet. It's funny because I had Cameron and Brooklyn, I want to say 14 months apart, and a lot of people thought, oh my goodness, did you have twins? And I'm like, no, they're 14 months apart, but they looked so much alike, Cameron and Brooklyn, but they didn't really interact with one another. They kind of just existed, but they kind of showed a little bit of love with each other. I did see them hug from time to time, but really and truly they were kind of just in their own little world. But Brooklyn stared a lot. She was a super happy baby. As she got older though, she did cry sometimes just out of the blue. I never understood what that was. And so I don't know if she was dealing with the anxiety, like I mentioned in the last episode. I don't know if she was dealing with a little bit of anxiety then. I'm trying to think what else Brooklyn went through. She did play with toys. She had good eye contact. I didn't have to teach her that much at all. She was really good. But sometimes as she got older, I would wonder if she was comprehending what I was asking her to do. And sometimes I could see the frustration on her face if she wasn't grasping what I was asking of her. So that was something that the speech and, and occupational therapist will work on and the ABA therapist as well. And then when Caden was born, he was sweet, loving, happy baby, but he, I noticed he would line up toys and objects. And I was told that with kids on the spectrum that that was gonna be something that you would see Caden also did a lot of spelling. He would be watching TV and words would be on the bottom of the screen or whatever, or it could be on a tablet or, or somewhere like a sign outside and he would spell each letter. And then sometimes he would get to where he would say the word just being on the screen, like from, from a visual standpoint. So I was quite impressed when I saw that he was spelling each letter on the TV and then trying to sing. I was like, whoa, Caden, this is amazing. So all of my kids are on the spectrum. They just have a different part 
of them that is so unique and so intriguing that actually they teach me. I feel like I'm growing and learning just from my kids. It's quite amazing. So yeah, they all had all of their therapies. They've all been evaluated and assessed. I had to take them to see the audiologist because each child of mine, we had to make sure when they were growing up and and everything that they could hear, like they were actually hearing what I'm asking of them or hear their name being called or what have you. So there have been a number of appointments that we've been to. There have been a number of therapies, evaluations, and assessments that we've had to go through. Right now, my kids are in school and they're through the special education program, which I want to give a shout out to all the special education teachers because all of the special ed teachers, whether they're a therapist, a substitute teacher, whether they're in the school system, whatever capacity that they work in, special education teachers are amazing, amazing people. And I take my hat off to them because they're dedicated, they're devoted, they're patient, they're kind, they're hardworking, they sacrifice. They are just a blessing. And I might have mentioned this in the last episode, but I want to do something for a single mom. I want to be able to give back to a single mom who has two or more kids on the spectrum. I want to be able to give back in a financial way. And of course, there will be qualifications and all of that to go through. But I'm a big giver. And I feel like right now, me being a single mom, trying to raise three kids on the spectrum, it is a job. It is not easy, but it is rewarding at the same time. My kids, they are a blessing from heaven. They teach me. A lot of people have told me, oh my goodness, your kids are so loving. They are so affectionate. They are always smiling. It's just like my kids are a beacon of light and hope to many. And that right there is just amazing. And I'm so grateful to that. And so I've tried to be the best mom that I can be to my kids every day. There are days where I feel like, Lord, can I do this? Lord, am I going to get through this? God, I need your help. I don't feel like I'm going to make it today. And I've had to pray and I've had to trust God to help me, even when I was married up till now. And I'm sure throughout the rest of time, I trust and lean on Jesus. And so it's been a journey. Also, it's been a journey. Safety has been my top priority. I remember when I worked in childcare with kids, safety was my top priority then. And I took it with being a mom. And so there are times where as my kids were younger and still now what you would call eloping or elopement, when they'll kind of just run off and I have to be right there with my running shoes or if I don't have my running shoes, something where I can run in to be able to catch them. Environment is something that is important as well, making sure that they're in a safe environment, cleanly one. Also with diet, I have always been a health person, 
really before I had kids and I've had to make sure that they are eating the right foods, gluten-free foods most times if I can, a lot of fruits and vegetables, foods that don't have sugar or have minimal sugar. That has been important. I raised my kids even when they were babies. I know I breastfed them a little bit of time and I supplemented a little bit. I also made sure that they ate healthy and I was able to cook and we didn't have processed foods, even though, you know, we splurge on holidays and special occasions. But diet, environment, and safety, I've learned in the world of autism that that is crucial and vital to make sure that you're feeding your kids correctly. I know I raised them on water from when they were a baby until now, that they are in a good, safe environment. And so it's so much information, you guys, that I could go more into detail about, but I just, I'm giving you a glimpse and it sounds overwhelming to the ear, I know. So thank you for bearing with me. But it's interesting because they tell you from 18 months to three years old, you're going to really see the signs and the effects of autism. It's really going to show itself strong and possibly throughout the child's life. And so my kiddos, like I said before, they're a blessing from heaven. I'm thankful for them every single day. And I do not take nothing for granted at all. I'm thankful for my kids and I always will be. And I know when they get older, they're going to be like, mom, you were there for us. You worked hard. You worked hard when you were tired and you felt like giving up. Because my ultimate goal is to show my kids how to be kind, how to be respectful, how to work hard, how to just take care of themselves and trust themselves and go into this world and be ready. Because there are going to be times that are going to be terrible and are going to be uncomfortable and are going to be ugly and they're going to have to be able to cope with that. And that's what I work with them even now. You know, I talk to them as if they were a regular child that didn't have a disability. I talk to my kids and I tell them and I read to them and I show them and say, you guys, you can do this. I am your biggest cheerleader and I will always be your biggest cheer cheerleader. You hang with me and you're going to be okay. And the Lord is going to take care of you. And I tell them that. And I tell them that they are a beacon of light and hope in this world. And they are my biggest encouragers because they're going out there to encourage someone else that needs it. So yeah, I know autism, it's going to run its course. And I, I told myself, like, I'm not going to let their disability hinder my love for them, or I don't want them to feel like they can't achieve greatness, even with the disability kind of overshadowing their lives, because they can do anything that they put their mind to, and they're going to be okay. And that's, that's just my mindset. And then to switch gears a little bit to mental health, I know when I was married and I don't know, kind of back, mm, I want to say maybe about two years ago and a little less, there were times where I wanted to give up and everything was just crumbling in front of me and coming at me that there were moments where I had a suicide on my mind and I'm just going to be honest with you. And I was just like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I'm a failure. This is hard to be a mom 
I don't feel like I'm being loved in my relationship or my relationships that I'm going through. I don't feel like anyone cares. And those thoughts have hit me hard before. But there was a part of me that I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to do anything to hurt myself or I, I didn't, I knew my kids needed their mom. And so even though those thoughts came, I had to combat them and I had to encourage myself and I had to believe in myself. And so I say that all of that to say, you know, life is hard. We are going to hit so many hurdles. They are going to be unexpected and they're going to be expected. And we are going to have to channel every emotion that is going on inside of us. And sometimes, you guys, it's going to be like we can't make it any longer. But I'm going to tell you the truth. If you lean on Jesus and if you trust in the Lord and if you get your mental mindset together, you're going to be okay. And so that's what I've had to do. And I've even had to think about, you know what, Sarah, it's time for therapy for myself. It's time for me to take care of myself and get help in that regard. And at first, I was embarrassed. I was like, I'm such an optimistic person. I'm such a big encourager. Why do I need a therapist? But I'm going to tell you the truth. It's nothing to be embarrassed about because we all need help processing things that we go through, whether they're expected or unexpected. Life is hard. It is unpredictable. And there are things that we don't understand and we don't get. And it's great to have a professional come in and be able to help us channel which direction of where we're going to go. And I'm just being honest. And so if you are at that point where you are having those suicidal thoughts, and if you're at that point of feeling burdened because of mothering a child that whether they have a disability or not, and you're dealing with any type of mental health, whether you're a mother or not, just know that if you believe in yourself and if you love yourself, that's all that matters. And if you have a good support system, great. But if you don't, lean on Jesus and get the professional help that you need. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed because we all need help sometimes. We do. We don't know everything. We're never going to know everything. We're never going to be perfect. We are imperfectly perfect. And we just have to lean on the Lord. And there are times as a mom, I am not, I don't do everything right. And I don't get everything and I don't understand everything. But I'm trying and I'm showing up and I'm doing the best that I can. And that's all that matters. And so I just wanted to encourage you, if you're a mom or if you're an expected mom, if you're about to have a child or if you don't have any kids yet, wherever you are in life, don't be ashamed of who you are. Love yourself. Appreciate yourself. Know that Jesus is there with you. If you lean, if you pray, if you ask him to come into your life and transform you and guide you and help you. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Mistakes are going to come. They are going to happen. But once you make that mistake, if you have to apologize for it, just do an apology and then dust yourself up and keep going. Don't give up. 
Don't say you're not a great mom. Don't say you're not a great person. Believe in yourself, love yourself, and take care of yourself. Self-care is the best care out there. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of five part two, and I look forward to sharing more of myself with you.